If you were a dish, oh, sorry, I didn't hit the mic. <laughs> if you were a dish, what would you be? Kyle. Jeff. What's going on? Oh, you know. This podcasting. So who do we got on the show today? Victoria Taylor. Of Reddit fame. Yeah, among other places. What other places? Uh, she started at IDPR out in LA doing Hollywood publicity, moved over to Reddit where she moderated over 2,500 AMAs, and now she's at WeWork. Which is also still famously known as the moderator of Our Kitty. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that is correct. Uh, I'm a big fan. She's a moderator of a bunch of cat subreddits. Such as? She has one that I'm blanking on. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but it is strictly for her kitties. That is amazing. Do you know their names? Nope. This episode is important to note because it contains a couple of contests. Is Shake Shack fast food? Is Shake Shack fast food is just one of the contests you will hear if you listen to the entire thing. It's a little bit long because Victoria is fantastic to talk to. So I hope you all like it. Let's get started. So welcome, Victoria. It's great to have you. It's great to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So how you been? I'm exhausted. I just got back from a whirlwind 48-hour trip to Los Angeles, but I'm so glad to be back in New York because you are not stuck for tra- in traffic for two hours. Is it really that bad? To- I, there was a day when I had a meeting in uh, Santa Monica, and I was staying in North Hollywood, and I was in traffic for an hour and a half to get down there. And then to go from Santa Monica to Hollywood took another hour. And every single time you have to go anywhere from point A to point B, you have to like budget out the time. And just use having that headspace that you need to set aside time in that sort of increment is just so different yeah, once no, you get used to living in New York because I used to live there for years but being here it's, I'm just so used to being able to almost teleport from place one place to another thanks well, to well trying to I, I have a car in, in Queens and I try to drive to Brooklyn every once in a while on like a Friday afternoon and I imagine that that's how people in LA feel every day yeah that's how they feel every day but that's why they're able to listen to podcasts yeah. <laughs> like this one which is great because um, you know it, you can obviously download them before going on the subway but when you're in your car it really really frees up a lot of time for you to be able to enjoy listening to the radio or listen to podcasts or getting caught up on your favorite audiobooks. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's, you know, it's a two-edged sword, but for someone who's deeply jet-lagged and, you know, really well, just I mean, but really, does anybody enjoy, no matter what you're doing, does anybody enjoy hitting the brakes every 10 seconds? I don't know. I mean, I think that people do really like the freedom of driving. I think that it does attract well, a Well, that's why I brought the car here. You there know? you go. And I, I mean, I'm from New Hampshire. I drove everywhere. And, you know, Kyle, did you drive a lot? I did. Up in Syracuse, actually, when the roads aren't full of ice and snow, there's quite a bit of driving to be done, but there's almost no traffic. The strangest thing for me growing up is actually experiencing traffic. You know, you have your parents talk about it, and they're like, oh, the highway is crazy today. But up there, the highway being crazy is like maybe 10 cars total. That's that's Milwaukee traffic. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I can relate. And so moving to New York and then driving here and having been in Los Angeles and driving there as well, it's an entirely different world. It's 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 almost the the proportions are just absolutely absurd. Um, and apparently today Obama's in town. So how oh, fun. I love that. I escaped just before the traffic. So what you're saying is we have that to look forward to on the commute home tonight. Yeah. No, no. Obama's in L.A. Not ah. here. I wonder but I get all the Los Angeles there? traffic alerts. He's going to be on Ellen and he's going to be doing some fundraisers. I love that so <laughs> much that he goes to L.A. so that he can be on a talk show. Um uh, although he's killing it right now, uh, uh, you're you're stage. the one I want to talk to about that actually, because you you know know exactly what every celebrity on the planet should be. It's pitiful I'm calling President Obama a celebrity, but well, I mean you know he's a public figure, he yeah. he's an icon, you know. Counts. I I I think you're, you know I don't definitely I would not say that, you know I I wasn't a strict talent publicist, 
mm-hmm. but I would work with a lot of them and uh, you get a sense of the perspective that they have and, and kind of their approach towards doing things and it's a fascinating world because I came to that from working on brands yeah so I not really with brands you have to be really creative you have to try and get people excited and paying attention to what you're doing because intrinsically a paper towel or a car or whatever may not be as interesting as a person when you're working with people you really have a completely different paradigm because you have to like think about okay how do you manage this whole process you know you you, with a with a paper towel you have to get people excited you have to do giveaways and contests and trivia and factoids wait you did you did giveaways for paper towels i know i'm I'm making that up i never worked on paper (laughs) towels but i've worked on all kinds of crazy stuff but then when you go to work on people it's a completely different paradigm because a person might be like you know i'm really private i just want to keep the focus on my work i don't want to talk about my kids i don't Mm want to talk about you know these um, these other things that I feel have nothing to do with my work or yeah, that I'm the promoting. Per- the personal life. Exactly, yeah. And people can have different um, things that, you know, they're, they're really excited about. Like, they might be completely obsessed about their, their charity campaign, but they could care less about their, you know, other projects that they're involved with. Like, and so people are very complex, and but they're intrinsically more interesting. So it requires a different approach. So, I mean, you obviously, you know, managed, what, 1,500 different Reddit AMAs. Uh, um, t- no, I worked on more than 2,500. Wow. <laughs> so That's unreal. Yeah, that's and, a lot. And I mean, we'll wow. get to that in a second. But before that, you worked at IDPR. I did. And, um, you know, I'm sure that you were doing kind of the same thing, but at a much smaller scale. And ID is, is you know, like a Hollywood PR agency um, that represents most of the celebrities that, that you've heard about. Well, the, I would say, yeah, it's it's an independent PR agency. It does brand stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So we would work on things like Stand Up to Cancer, which was really, you know, fascinating and, and complex because it was, you know, you're doing this major multi-network broadcast show that's to raise funds for um research teams that are doing really experimental therapies. The idea was to bring different research teams that didn't talk to get to each other so that they could try to make therapies available faster. Um, so we, I would work on stuff like that. I'd work, I basically was an agency within an agency because what we do is we'd help, we'd help out all sorts of different mm-hmm. clients of ID. And so it was very educational because one day you'd be helping out someone with their movie. The next day you might be, you know, looped in on, um, uh, cupcakes. I, I don't even know, but it was it was very much all over the place. But and but I mean, like, what kind of things were you actually doing? Well, back then, a lot of people were not um, active on social media, so mm-hmm. a lot of it would be trying to. Explain and wh- when is when is back then? Back then would be oh my goodness, uh, it would be yeah. You know, I think you put 2010, 2000. It would have been 2010, 2011 ish. Okay. So it would have been right around then, and so a lot of people, you know, were had never set up their Twitter accounts. They'd never set up a Facebook page, they'd never used Tumblr or anything. So um, it was about working with these different people and helping them figure out what made sense for them. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if we had to uh, educate them on, you know, best practices or just, you know, m- figure out what they wanted to do. Because a lot of times someone may be like, you know, I really want to just, and I think this kind of informed um, my approach at, at Reddit a little bit, is uh, sometimes people are very private, you know, and they just, they really don't want to talk about themselves. They just want to kind of do stuff when they have something actively put out there. And then when they're not actively putting stuff out there, they just kind of want to focus on their job and their work. Yeah, no, it's for sure like an uphill battle with most celebrities and and personalities because, you know, all they want to do is promote their work. They don't really care, you know, for for the most part. a, A lot of them really do care a lot. Like there's a, there's one actor who I got set up on Twitter and then 
his team was like, we can't stop him. Like he's just <laughs> tweeting incessantly. Like he's obsessed. I, I love that. Um, so, you know, you have people who just took to it like a duck to water and then, you well, I mean, for every one of those, how many did you have that oh was my, just like, no, they're, they're, a lot of them really would, would take to it. I think that honestly, the accounts that probably would not be as long term would be like movies, mm -hmm. like something or an event maybe. Um, but that's where you'd have to get a little bit more creative and, you know, maybe you do a hashtag, maybe you do like a specific more time oriented campaign. Um, but yeah, I think that a lot of times when you get someone active on something, they would be in it for the long haul. Cool. Yeah. Were you were you setting up Reddit AMAs when you were at ID? I was. I set up a couple of them, and it was really, um, you know, I, I stumbled across a platform. So part of what I would do, or what we would do, would be looking for, you know, interesting things for people to be doing. And um, I kind of gravitated towards. I love the chaoticness. Yeah. Of it, I love the chaoticness that, that Reddit represented. What, the fact what, that what was the onboarding like? Before uh, you were there, I, I I don't know. I think that they would go and ask people to do them, and and um, I think that there was like an old example of it was Stephen Colbert did one. Mm -hmm. um, they raised uh, funds for Donors Choose, I believe. Okay. And um, they hit the amount of funds, and then he agreed he would answer some questions for the fans. And I love that. That That's was like such that. a cool way. Yeah. So that was kind of um, or you know trying to chase down someone like. Um, Ron Paul or Pendulette um, and asked them a couple of questions. So it was kind of a more of a trying to connect that bridge, that divide. Um, and, uh, you know, so the, I set up a handful of them while I was still at ID and I really fell in love with it. And um, I reached out to the platform one day and just to the kind of generic contact email. And I was like, hi, you know, I really love what you're doing. And someone wrote me back. And I was like, you know, when I found out who it was, it was the site's general manager. I just like, was like, oh my gosh, I was so excited to have the chance to talk to him and he was so cool. And we just kind of, you know, kept in contact and I kept bringing cool people to do stuff on the platform, like did an email with Eric Idle and um, he was hilarious. I was just basically on the phone with him and he was just, he's very, he does everything himself, everything. Yeah. So he writes his own press releases. He does everything <laughs> for himself. God, and, I wish I had sponsors like that. Yeah, and, and he did he did everything for himself. And um, I was just on the phone with him and I would just be laughing at his answers. And he'd be like, this one's funny, and you know, we did have like a really great banter, and it was just so great to see the fans really love it. So, um, when an opportunity kind of came about, you know, I was just so thrilled to so have the chance to throw my hat in the ring. So that's your origin story. With that's Reddit. my origin story. Is I just, you know, it was just something where I really, it was meeting of the minds, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and it sounds like it was very organic, which is, uh, you know, actually how I met Victoria. Um, a lot of people listening might not know that you know my day job is is doing you know publicity and marketing for authors, and uh, I reached out to the platform much the same way that she did, and uh, her and I you know got in touch, um, and for for several years you know we I was sending her all my favorite authors and she was uh, getting them onto the site, setting up these AMAs, and uh, you know it was awesome. Uh, anybody who's never done a Reddit AMA, you know get out from under the covers and, and go try it. Uh, you know, they're so fun and every person that you could ever imagine and you know, 90% of the ones that you can't have probably been doing one of these ask me anything interviews on Reddit. Um, which, you know, uh, I, I really wanted to ask, you know, Kyle and Victoria about, you know, some of their favorite experiences on Reddit, you know, doing AMAs. Um, 
because I have so many of them and it's just like you never know what you're going to find out. That's what I love. That's what I love about it is that you open it up every day and you're like, I have no idea what's going to be on the top of the homepage. It could be a German shepherd in a dress. It could be, you know, a crazy recipe for lasagna. It could be <laughs> a, a salmon that's being eaten by a bear and the bear is like riding a motorcycle. Like I believe at this moment it's an Amish man using an ATM. There you go. <laughs> I so, love that. Yeah. so that. So I love that. I, I really love that chaoticness. And, 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 and you got to like watch most of these firsthand. Well, I, I helped out a lot of people in person. I helped out a lot of people over the phone. Um, basically, I just would do what needed to be done. So a lot of times people, you know, who, who were very digitally savvy would just call me up, get started, and then be like, okay, I'm cool. And I'd be like, okay, great. You know, if you need anything, just let me know. Um, and other times, you know, people would need need um, a lot of help. And, and, you know, I've helped out everyone from uh, – I helped out blind individuals. I helped out uh, people who were quadriplegics. I helped out people who were really elderly. I helped out people who, um, you know, were using translators. Um, like really almost any sort of scenario you can imagine. I've helped out people on planes, on boats, on trains, in on cars. Boats. Yeah, th that was Jesse Ventura. He was on a boat. That's so great. In, in California, right? Of course, no, in Jesse Mexico, Ventura was Oh, wow. In the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, but, um, but yeah, so you, know, you name it, I, I helped out people doing it. I helped out people who were half asleep-ish. Um, they were very tired. They yeah. watched too much Netflix. <laughs> they couldn't stop. It's so funny that that is one of the things that stands out, the people yeah. who are very tired. They were very, very tired. I helped out people who were hungover. I helped out people who were sick. I helped out, like, So give, give us an example of, 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 like, one of your, like, more obscure moments, you know, helping out with one of these AMAs. Oh, my goodness. I don't, I, I'm trying to remember, like, even where to start. I mean, uh, you know, I think the second AMA that I did with Elijah Wood, he had a really bad cold at the time. So I gave him vitamin C. I gave him Advil. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, you know, you take got to take care of yourself because he was pushing himself so hard and working so hard to support the, the projects that he was there for. Um, I've done AMAs with people who, like, um, who, who were doing it through translators. So I did one with um, a Haitian running team mm -hmm. that was doing one to support the charity that they were um, in New York to run a marathon for. And they were talking about how they'd never seen anything like New York. They'd never seen the abundance of food, the buildings, the infrastructure. Like, their minds were blown. And so they were there speaking um, French, and then we had a translator, and it was amazing. Or I did another one with... Um, uh, Bong Joon-ho, the director of Snowpiercer, and um, and he was speaking Korean, and we had a Korean translator, and then the Korean translator was doing English, and I would... Did anything get lost in that? I mean, I'm sure that in the process of translating, certain words just don't translate. Yeah. Like, there is actually a subreddit devoted to words that don't have an English equivalent <laughs> or that don't have equivalents in other languages, and I find that fascinating. What, what are some of your favorite subreddits? Oh, my goodness. Oh, there are so many. I love... Um, blep which is for cats that have their yes. tongues sticking out yes <laughs> um and i love animals being derps i love derps plus bleps which are the best um uh gosh i'm trying to think we'll, we'll, we'll put some definitions of the stuff in the show well, notes blep is just an animal with its tongue sticking <laughs> it's out the tongue derp the is when out. you have an animal that's doing something that's really not horribly bright seeming mm -hmm. so if an an if a dog's like chasing its own tail and then hits a door like that would be derp i'm a uh, big fan of cat loaves and cat loaves are amazing is that with the the cat with the bread face it's just a cat no. that's sitting with its arms and legs tucked in so it looks like a it little like bun a like that's that. risen in the, the oven thing, the things that the internet has made popular blow me away my favorite thing on the planet is the instagram account for uh, bread face blog which is just this woman who uh, sets it to, she takes a different loaf of bread every week. You know, it might be um, like rye today or biscuits tomorrow or um, and just like a bread. 
the the look on everyone's face who is listening right now is also the look on Victoria's face, who I don't <laughs> think has ever heard of this bread face blog. Oh, it's, it's, it. check it out. You got to check it out. It's, so what it's, do they it's do? Called, do they toast it, it? It's literally just this one woman who sticks her face on the piece of bread and rubs it. She for, mashes the bread. She with mashes her face. the bread with her face for like ten seconds, and it's set to music. And it, it, this sounds like the weirdest thing on the planet because but, it is. But I challenge you to watch it and not laugh. I th- that's I the, like, the New York Times did a story on this. I'm woman. confused. I prefer the T Rex that does things, <laughs> like the T Rex that jumps in the trampoline. Yes, I just saw that one. Oh my yes. god, he's amazing. T Rex doing parkour. T Rex ice skating. The, this is like the, the giant really blow up T Rex. It's beautiful. Yes. It makes me cry tears of joy. It's like the best thing ever. I love that. Um, and I just love learning random things so yeah. you know I'll, I'll read all kinds of facts i love nyc because i get a lot of news from there mm-hmm. um you know if my favorite restaurant is closed i'm immediately going to go check it out and be like has anybody written about this um i love you know just learning about all kinds of different things sci-fi i get a lot of book recommendations from yeah. sci-fi subreddit um i love you know just really stumbling across interesting things well, and it's, it's so funny because some of the best stuff on reddit are the things that you would never think about um you know, I, I just had my fifth cake day, I think. And so I've been on it forever. I feel um, like we should have, be having cake right now. Well, for yeah, the uninitiated, cool. the cake day is your anniversary on Reddit. It's so yeah. it's a your Reddit for the date you signed up. So five means Jeff has been a Redditor for five and, years. And so I, I like have been on it forever. I thought I knew everything about Reddit. No, and nobody ever knows everything. Exactly. It's like the ocean. It's so vast. It's <laughs> uncomprehensible. Well, my I'm from New Hampshire. My brother sent me a link to the New Hampshire subreddit. And um, I learned so many cool things about, you know, random hikes that you can take in the White Mountains or you know these restaurants that i've never been to in portsmouth and and he's on there every day he posts all the time in there and it's just you know yet another thing that seems so slow cooking i'm a mod of our slow cooking and it's amazing really for for, like crock pots yeah it's for crock pots best slow cooking i'm gonna i'm gonna have to get you get some recipes oh my god i love slow cooking my my crock pot is my favorite item in my kitchen what are you slow cooking right now i'm not slow cooking anything right now most recently i made a chicken pot pie recipe Mm -hmm. where basically it's the easiest darn thing in the world and you just can if you're, you know, gluten free, you can make mm-hmm. it gluten free. But if you want to put, you can bake biscuits and like put them on I top. Love that. It's really fun. So I love yeah. crockpots. I love learning new things, new recipes, crazy writing prompts, challenges. Oh, the writing prompts are great. And Ky- Kyle and I actually um, are, are planning on trying to find a way to configure or to um, incorporate the writing prompts onto the blog. Because, you know, the theme is writers who don't write. So we want to, you know, find out ways for people to write. Well, writing oh. writing is difficult. Oh, when it's you consider so hard. It, I was writing a book every two weeks. So considering yeah. how much I've typed, I feel like I've earned it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, getting back to the AMAs. Um, Wait, writing a book every two weeks when you were doing the AMAs? I mean, or uh, you were actually a, following there would, writing prompts? There would be days when I do like five or six in a row. Writing prompts? AMAs. No, AMAs. AMAs. Okay. Yeah, and then I come home and I like have to like, like the Basim Youssef, the... Egyptian equivalent of John Stewart, who mm-hmm. was a lovely man. He was like, I feel like I should be getting you a massage. <laughs> My God. You know, he was really, really sweet. He wanted to give me a massage because he was like, your arms, I mean, look at those muscles. It's crazy. <laughs> and then you have people like Little Dicky who sit on there for, you know, like five hours straight or something. That was all Little Dicky. Yeah. I, oh, he, I don't know what was going on with that one. He's the best. I love him so much. Um, by the way, uh, I have to put it out there because everybody screws it up and says that Save That Money is his best song. It's Bruh. B R U H. Everybody needs to listen to it because it has the greatest. It is the greatest beat I that I think I've ever heard. Bruh, bruh, bruh. But uh, I mean, so tell us about some of your favorite AMAs because you know my favorites that I want to ask you about are Ron Perlman. Oh, um, I love Ron Perlman. He's a national treasure. Is he great? Is he? He's is amazing. He... He's like so. He's he is really just 
everything you'd imagine him to be. I mean, I think that is he. So is he like a crazy motorcycle badass? No, no, he's just like a big, gruff, larger than life guy. And he's, how big are his hands? He's he's really tall. Yeah, he's really really <laughs> tall. Um, and you asking know, asking the tough questions. I mean, there's a photo of me compared. I saw to that. Him. That's why I brought it up. I mean, that that's the Yao Ming photo. I really wish I'd taken a photo. So you could see how tall Yao Ming really is. Yeah. When I shook hands with him, it was like a cat shaking hands with a person. Oh man. Like that's how tiny my hand was. <laughs> I have really tiny hands, but um, and Yao he, Ming has very large hands. Yeah, but he was he was really really funny. Yao Ming was really funny. So was Ron Perlman. Um, and you know he was just a really nice guy. And the first anime I did with him, he was driving around Los Angeles in his car, and we were on like some kind of car headset or Bluetooth phone and. He was really great, and then the next one ended up working out to be in person to support his book, mm -hmm. um, which I think was called Easy Street the Hard Way. Um, and uh, he was just really, he was eating a tuna sandwich, and he kept dropping F, dropping F-bombs, and he was, you know, everything that you'd hoped he would be. And I really do want Hellboy 3 to happen, so it was really nice. I forgot he was in that. Oh, my God, he is Hellboy. He, That's, like, yeah. not even really acting well, I mean, I, I don't really know, you know, the last time I thought about Hellboy in general. Um, shame, shame, <laughs> shame. Movies, th th This is coming. Yeah, out. but but didn't you used to have like a like a movie night where you would try and watch bad movies? Yeah, but Hellboy's not bad. I'm like, I love Guillermo del Toro. I, he's probably one of my favorite AMAs of all time too. Oh really? Yeah, because tell, I tell love us about him, him so much. He just is brilliant and artistic and really loves obscure, fascinating things. That's very similar to I do and. I loved, um, you know, like the fact that he's so fascinated by bugs. Like I wanted to be an entomologist <laughs> when I was a kid. So like I completely understand where he's coming from when he's like, insects are not even Why? like of this world. What, and I'm what, like, yes. What happened in Milwaukee that made you want to be an entomologist? I was just a quirky kid. I read everything I could get my hands on. So I was definitely like, I would joke that when I was a kid, I had a platinum library card because I would get <laughs> so many late fees. I would rent out stacks and stacks of books and just read them. I would read everything I could get my hands on, whether it was old National Geographic's or, you know, old Reader's Digest, which, by the way, I was talking to someone, they were like, Reader's Digest is kind of like, the proto, very, very early version of Reddit. And I'm like, you're right, because it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, you'd have like a little bit of a book, have a little bit of a memoir, you know, like I'm a guy who survived a plane crash in the jungle. And you'd be like, ooh, this is exciting. That's so you'd awesome. You'd have sports <laughs> trivia, you know, word puzzles. I never thought about it like that. Yeah, we're, I mean, pick up a Reader's Digest and, and read it and you'll be like, oh, this is really, and nowadays they quote like, as seen on Reddit. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, so full circle. It is very much full circle. But yeah, the, you know, Ron Perlman, Guillermo del Toro, <laughs> Who, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Were you involved in some of the larger ones? Like, uh, I mean, Obama is the first that comes to mind. It was before my time. Was it? Yeah. I it didn't was, realize that. It was that. before my time. What, what about like Elon Musk or Stephen um, Hawking? I was, I was, you know, I was, I did a lot of the back and forth setting up for Stephen Hawking, but that was after my time. Uh -huh. um, and then for Elon, you know, I helped his team. Did, um, you, did you get to speak to him? Not really. Jeff He's is also a huge fan of he Elon is, Musk. He is, he is. Like my biggest idol of all time. That's that's awesome. I mean, everybody has different things that they geek out about. I geek yeah. out a lot about authors. So like, yeah. I'll be like, oh my god, I love your books. Who like, in particular? Um, I remember Garth Nix did one, and I love his books. And I was like, I love you. And it so was Gar Garth Nix, uh, uh, we'll talk about this later. But Garth Nix was is one of the authors represented by. Um, I actually have to double check this. I. I Anyway, um, I love that that you love Garth Nix. He's oh great. Oh my God, I love Garth Nix. I love, obviously, Liv Grossman. When mm -hmm. I missed his AMA, I was mad at myself. 
Um, you know, I just, I, I love people, I love directors, I love people who are really creative and who build things. So whether it's a, a visual representation, whether it's a, a text representation, um, I really admire that. I did, you know, I did an Amy with Ramin uh, from uh, the composer who wrote the music for Ramin Jawadi, I think is his name, from Game of Thrones, amazing guy. Wow. Um, you know, just so many incredibly talented people. I just really think that I love everyone for, for who they are. And I think that, um, you know, being able to appreciate the very diverse talents of everyone from a, um, you know, somebody who's been in broadcasting for years, someone who's been a scientist, an astronaut, a rock star, you know, each one of them is very, very different, but like they're really incredible and they deserve the chance to share their story. It's Who's so cool that you got to meet all those people. Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. World War II veterans. Um, I met Marie Kondo when she was in the U.S. She had a Japanese translator, so we did her AMA through a Japanese translator. Who, who's the the Reddit user um, that knew everything there was to know about animals? Uh, that would be Unidan. Yes. And, and oh. I remember one of the first times I met Victoria, she was singing his praises. Well, long, I mean, long live Unidan. He's a he's a very brilliant guy. I just I love science too. Yeah. So I think that science is really cool. Like I mean, I geek out about like Bill Nye the science guy. And <laughs> I really wish they'd bring that show back the way it was originally, you know? Did you get to meet him? I got to talk with him and it was like the most nineties thing ever. It was like literally I felt like so charged with nineties power. It felt like I could touch fingers with you and magically make you radical and bodacious at the I, same time. I feel time. like More if you're science. with Bill Nye then he'll just immediately start saying things like wacky and zany. No, it's just it's more like when he talks, you're reminded of, of when you first saw him mm -hmm. and it just brings you back so vividly to that moment in time very much like talking to Gillian Anderson where you're like yeah. oh my god it's Scully and like it brings <laughs> you back the same exactly but it brings you back to that moment of like oh my gosh like I remember this and I remember how much I love this I, I met Neil deGrasse Tyson for all of five seconds uh, I was leaving an interview with an author and he was showing up for an interview and um it was just magical yeah um I, I didn't even say anything to him but um, it was it was magical. Well, there you go. We, I mean, his, his voice is, is is beautiful. Yeah, it's it's the best. And uh, I could honestly talk to you about Reddit forever. Yes. But I know that you transitioned out of Reddit to WeWork, and I think that you know most people um, were just like so confused about why you went to WeWork. Um, and and like I have since learned. And I'm, and I, I want you to tell everybody why you chose WeWork, but um, and afterwards it'll make more sense. But so why'd you go to WeWork? Well, we were the Reddit New York office was inside of a WeWork. Okay. So I was a member there for two plus years, um, and I really loved it. I mean, that was where I would be bringing, um, you know, all these people mm -hmm. to do their in-person AMAs, unless I was going to them. But you know, that's where I would be bringing you know, Fred Armisen or, um, you know, any, any number of people. And so I, or Lisa Kudrow. And so it was really something where it was really nice to have that stability mm -hmm. and you felt really comfortable and at home there. And I would actually get that feedback from a lot of people when they'd come to WeWork, they'd be like, this is nice. It's amazing. I, I want to be a member here. And I would be telling, you know, their teams like, oh, you know, it's WeWork and they have offices all over the place. And I, I actually became a member because of you. So uh, it tell I've been to the 28th in Madison one quite frequently. Isn't it great? It's great. It's fantastic. There's beer on tap. Tell everybody why what WeWork is, just in case they don't know. Um, 
So WeWork is a network of resources and spaces for creators. Um, and so we offer everything from physical spaces where you can rent offices or desks or conference rooms um, as you need them to um, you know a series of, of discounts on services on everything from Amazon web hosting to mm -hmm. you know services like, like do transportation or lunch or you know whatever it may be or HR um, or insurance. Um, and then we also have a digital network uh, that you know will help. Uh, connect you with relevant business opportunities. Um, and then, you know, we're always looking at additional ways to kind of elevate and support our members. So that's kind of what I focus on now um, as the director of digital community is trying to figure out ways that we can do even more. Yeah, and that's so interesting because, I mean, it's a physical space that exists in, what, 30 cities? Or is it way more than that? Oh, my gosh. I think it's so in flux at any particular moment. Mm -hmm. Like, we're just about to open Mexico City. We just opened uh, Montreal. Oh, wow. So um, now we're in Canada and Mexico as well as the U.S., um, London, Amsterdam, and Israel. So um, so it's it's everywhere. It's, it's I mean, it's, it's multinational. Um, and it's a physical space. It's literally what you're selling. Um, but, but then it's also it's it's also not just about the physical space too though because like let's say you're traveling right mm -hmm. like let's say that you are someone who's based in Minnesota but you want to start networking with relevant businesses in Boston the WeWork digital network can help you do that and then yeah. if you actually went to Boston you could go there and take meetings with those companies and, and I think that that's what most people don't realize is that you know there's this like social media layer embedded in your membership to WeWork yep. Um, and, and, you know, I know firsthand that it, it works so well because, you know, because of people like Victoria, um, but also because it's just such a huge, vibrant community that exists within this ecosystem of these buildings. And, you know, other than it being a beautiful, you know, building everywhere you go and having all these facilities that you love, it also has all of these, um, these smart people that are looking to collaborate and make new cool things. And, um, and it's, it's awesome. It's great. Um, and I'm so glad that you went there because I'm afraid that I never would have learned that had you not been a member of their team. Um, and I know that I'm, you know, kind of well, sucking up to you, but no, it's no, the no, truth. That's very sweet. I actually met a member in uh, one of our Amsterdam buildings who joined specifically because I went there. He was so sweet. <laughs> I love I, that so and much. I, and I set up a phone call with him and just the, to get to know him. And this was, woman deserves a raise. No, he was he was so sweet. And I really just love people, you know, and I think that that is what um, kind of. Uh, was was what I loved about doing AMAs and what I love about being at WeWork now is just I really love getting to know people and helping share their story and you know I know that you're so passionate about storytelling and, mm -hmm. and same with you so I think it just kind of works. Um, so okay. so also my second question for you about WeWork is that um, since you've gone and maybe that maybe one is a direct result of the other but WeWork has become you know like this darling in the startup world. It was already a unicorn I think um, a billion dollar company. Um, I love but unicorns and magical creatures. Aren't they the best? Uh, Snapchat had a unicorn filter the other day, and I took full advantage of it. Um, but, I mean, like, I know that it's an amazing company that's been growing and everything, but at the same time, in the last year, it's become kind of like this magical creature in the tech ecosystem because it's it's everybody loves WeWork. Everybody knows WeWork. They all think that it's so amazing. Ben Parr has this uh, newsletter called the Tech Caucus, mm -hmm. and he just polls, like, 50 different leaders in the tech world and asks them questions every week and then sends those questions out to everybody. And he kind of made up his own like tech caucus award for 2015 and, and Slack won um, because I mean, Slack is also amazing. Who doesn't but, love Slack? But WeWork Giffy had- reactions. It's the greatest. But WeWork had an honorable, honorable mention. And I really, you know, 
I know uh, people at Regis, which is a competing office space, um, are actually watching what you guys do to try and learn how to become a better company. I mean, I think that, you know, uh, in, in my previous incarnation, you know, I think that when, when you do stuff really well, it just inspires other people. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I just view it as I love helping others and I love making people's lives better. And I think that that can only make a better world for everybody. So regardless of, you know, who it is, I think it's so important to try to elevate everyone. That's so awesome. I, I God, this is why we wanted you on the show, because you just make everybody smile all the time. Um, I try. Yeah. I usually bring people little presents, too. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't have a chance to get you some. I would have if I wasn't so jet-lagged. Well, hey, to, to just so everybody on the you know listening knows, um, Victoria uh, has been traveling all over the country this yep. entire week. And I, think, she, I think we mentioned that earlier in the thing. Okay. So yeah, three hours you know. of sleep. I think yeah, three hours yeah. of sleep, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. High energy. Yeah. I say this. You're doing very well for three hours of sleep. Three hours of sleep would kill me. Oh, I don't know how I don't know how new parents do it. I don't know how people <laughs> who travel all the time do it. It's I have just so much respect. It's, yeah. it's it's exhausting. A lot of respect, a lot of love. It, it, exhausting, but you know you're doing it all for a reason. You're on that hustle. Um, speaking of you know doing it all for a reason, uh, we have a segment that you know Kyle uh, is kind of streamlined, um, where we ask everybody what their inspirations are. Um, you know, what they're reading, who they love to read. Yeah, we like to start off talking about your favorite authors. You gave us a little bit of it with Garth Nix, but who are you reading right now, today, when oh you go home? Oh, my goodness. What book well, I just finished up? my book, so I haven't had a chance to start a new <laughs> one. I brought a vintage Heinlein with me on the plane, um, and I mangled the cover, so I feel like a total jerk. Um, I bought it at the last bookstore in the universe, which is an amazing bookstore in Los Angeles. If you've never had the chance to go, you should. It's I, was, I was just going to say, where the hell is it's that? It's in downtown <laughs> LA. And it's, Sounds amazing. It's yeah. in like a former bank. It Does Douglas Adams own it? Uh, I don't know, but it's really cool. So basically, it's a former bank. The first floor is a bookstore that sells modern books and records and mm -hmm. LPs and things. And if you go up to the second floor, it has an art gallery in like the um, kind of almost like balcony surrounding it. The, and then it also has the labyrinth. And the labyrinth is full of vintage and used books. It's really oh, yeah. cool. Like, that's the best. That it, sounds amazing. It but is. So that's where I bought the Highland that I mangled the cover of. Um, I really am loving. What authors am I loving? So I recently finished um, Originals by Adam Grant, and um, that's. Oh, did you? So tell me about that because that's yeah. everywhere, and and it's is it out yet or is it, it coming is, out I, or I what? I believe it's out. Yes. Um, okay. And then the other book that I f recently finished that was kind of more professional nature was also Sprint by Jake Knapp, and that's not okay. available yet. That comes out on March eighth. And um, Originals, what I loved about it was there's a lot of really interesting research in there. Uh -huh. So I actually had the chance to talk to Adam Grant, and I asked him a bunch of questions, and um, I really wanted to explore the idea of, of organizational templates yeah. and how um, different organizations have different frameworks that they operate under, whether it's professional, skill-based, um, I think cultural, um, and there are a couple others. So, so Adam Grant is like a uh, rock star um, behavioral psychologist, right? Yep, an ac academic and okay. author. And his previous book was about how being generous can fuel success. And so this new book is about people who think in really new and original ways and how those um, how we can learn from them, be inspired by them. Mm -hmm. So Martin Luther King, for instance, he brings them up as an example of how procrastination can fuel success because he <laughs> waited to write the I had a dream speech until like the night before. And so he was like, you know, this 
only worked for a couple different reasons. He actually will go through an outline, like, you know, he'd been speaking about civil rights for many years. So we had a lot of this material built up in his head, so he was able to draw on it very effectively. He'd practiced similar speeches in the past, you know, and, and he kind of synthesizes it. So procrastination is one of his inspiring points, and he has a lot of interesting ideas that he explores, and it's a good book. So what you're saying is my entire college career was all an exercise in excellency. Basically, yeah, it's 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 a really inspiring book. And then Sprint is about how you can solve big problems in just like a week. And so that was really interesting to me because I, when I was talking with Jake, I was like, what really jumps out to me about your book is that you've figured out a way to make decisions without bringing in social hierarchy and, um, and, and protocols and, and that sort of thing. And he was like, Whoa, and we're like we're both kind of had the, like this. He didn't say like can, can you speak on that though, like the the social hierarchy and and how that speeds up your decisions? Yeah, absolutely. Or the lack of it. Um, but b basically, what the whole sprint process um, is what Jake uses at Google Ventures um, with the different companies that they are invested in mm -hmm. or involved with um, to help them make difficult decisions and solve them problems in, in a pretty rapid fire way. And so the system has a lot of protocols in it, um, which may seem kind of complex to someone who's not familiar with the decision-making process. Like, yeah. he specifies his use of specific types of office supplies, specific types of, like, you have to use the same venue day after day. You're not allowed to bring in a social, like, a mobile phone or a tablet. Like, in, in you're, you're sharing ideas in a specific way, mm -hmm. and all of which basically allows you to evaluate the ideas based on their own merit, not necessarily on, oh, it was Bob in accounting and we got to listen to him because, you know, he's Bob in accounting. It's about freeing you up to look at the idea and the problem yeah. in a really fresh way. It, it's so fun. I have a friend who works at a publication I won't mention who um, is constantly telling me that somebody will come up with an idea and uh, it'll get shot down immediately and a month will go by and he will say the exact same idea. And because it's him that says it, uh, everybody will just be like, wow, that's so amazing. Oh, Let's that's do it. That's a common it. tactic in offices everywhere. Yeah. I'm sure. It's And he, he yeah. is like well aware what he's doing. And he uh, he makes it a point to, uh, you know, give credit where credit's due, which, you know, most people don't do. He'll always say like, oh, I'm just rehashing so-and-so's idea. Um, and I respect the hell out of him for that. But, um, you know, it's kind of funny because if you were to get rid of, you know, who suggested the idea and make it anonymous, maybe people would have said yes the first time. Exactly. Right. So and, and a lot of it's also just about problem solving. So he goes yeah. into specific examples in the book of like Blue Bottle Coffee and all these other um, organizations that are successful. Um, and then some examples that are anonymous that are not as successful and what they did and, and where the process can potentially go wrong. So it's a really interesting book. OK. Um, I read The Flight of the Silvers on the Plane. Um, and I really enjoyed that, although, um, you know, I felt like it was, it wasn't perfect, but it was really good. Um, and, you know, I just love exploring original ideas. So a lot of times I love like dystopian or speculative fiction, um, but it kind of has to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, I, so, I mean, like generally speaking, if, if you were to tell me like, I don't know, one of your top 10 books of all time. That's it, tough. Yeah. I really loved Arcadia, the um, I think it was the Advent Trilogy by James Treadwell. Okay. And he is, I think he's relatively not very well known here in the States, but I was just blown away by his writing. It was so good, so compelling that like, even though nothing happens quickly, at least in the second book that I read, it's just, it's so powerful. Like it's very beautifully laid out and, and incredible. And the way that he realizes and, and fills the characters' worlds, it's very, very dynamic and vivid. And it's a fascinating series that I love. Huh. Um, 
I love 14 by Peter Kleins. I'm obsessed with it. I recommend it to everybody. I think it's a fantastic uh, book. I was, I've recommended it to friends of mine and the friend who I most recently recommended it to was like, I was like, don't you want to see it made into a movie? Cause he, <laughs> he's like, it's so cinematic. And he's like, no, I want to see it made into a mini series because it's, it would be injustice to make it into just a movie. The, uh, one of my favorite book series of all time is Hyperion by Dan Simmons and, and Bradley Cooper just, uh, signed on as a producer to make that a series on sci-fi. And I am so excited because I've been waiting for this to be visualized for my entire life. I, I used to read this book over and over again. I know. I, I have to, it's on my to read list. I used to listen to the, the hybrid theory soundtrack listening uh, from Lincoln park. Oh my it, gosh. Which, that's adorable. Also one of my, you know, <laughs> top 10 CDs of all time. Uh, oh I will God. take that to the grave. Um, but so, uh, for reference, number one is currently probably Justin Bieber's new album. I mean, it, w- it was good, but it wasn't great. Um, I I'm love sorry, maybe it's number three on the list. I love Biebs, but I, I mean, he's got to do better to convince me to get the, on that list, you know? So are you somewhat of a TV junkie as well? Should we go there I for inspiration? I am a TV junkie, but um, I'm looking at my books that I've read. Um, love, Love, Grossman. I'm excited about Annihilation being a movie, um, and that sounds really exciting. I'm super pumped to see what they do with that. I love Christopher Buhlman. I think that he's a really gifted author. Um, I think that, you know... His books are very, very dark. Um, obviously, he's a horror author, but he likes to basically try to find the most depressing times in history and then try to make them worse. Basically, it's his conceit. So, um, But I just love his creativity and the way that he'll pick up something like a vampire book or a werewolf book and like completely make it something unexpected and, and really surprising. That seems like some s- sort of a release coming from such a happy, optimistic person. <laughs> I, I, I love just, he, like, I mean, there have been, like, he, I read his first book that I read scared me so bad. I couldn't stop reading it. I read it until 2 a.m. in the morning when I finished it, and then when I turned off the lights, I couldn't go to sleep because it was too scary. It was, like, it was um, between two fires, and it was amazing. It goes completely crazy at the end. Like, the beginning of the book is, like, very slow and and kind of takes a while to build up it's about this like crusader or whatever kind of like an errant knight type guy who's kind of older from medieval times when everybody died at 40 and he's you know just kind of wandering around the woods and he hears this girl who's about to be attacked by a group of thugs and he saves her and he discovers that she's really special and and has like divine mission and it turns out that you know, there's all this crazy supernatural stuff, but he is so creative and far out that I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. And I couldn't stop reading it and I scared the willies out of myself. <laughs> um, I love The Rook. I mean, I think that Jeff and I were talking about mm-hmm. that being made in a movie. Um, I loved Immortal Lycanthropes. Um, I recommended that um, to someone I did an AMA with. How, how long have you been reading all these books for? This is a, this is a books that I've read in the past couple of years because okay. I used to use Good Shelf, but it went out of existence. These aren't all what you're reading concurrently. No, no, no. no. These are books I've read (laughs) in the past that I remember being outstanding and and really good and something I really loved. Um, I love The Monstrumologist, the first book. The sequels were kind of like, eh. But I, I have to look at your bookshelf because, I mean, I know books and I do not know a lot of these books. I tend to go for really, uh, Werner Vinge's Fire Upon the Deep is really weird and awesome sci-fi. It's basically about this whole idea that like time influences the level that a civilization progresses to. Uh-huh. So if time goes by really slowly, the technology is going to not develop as quickly versus like if you go to a, a area of the galaxy where time goes by more quickly, that's going to be more advanced. And so it's about a clash of civilizations from advanced to less advanced. And it's really interesting. Th- those that kinds sounds of like a very interesting concept. Yeah, it is. It's really good. For whatever reason, it reminds me of this book that has nothing to do with it, but it's uh, called past watch the redemption of christopher columbus it's by orson scott card 
and it's like an alternate reality story of uh if the and i might be butchering this because i read this in high school but um if the native americans had um some kind of technology that would prevent that actually allowed them to go to europe before europe came to them um and it just changes everything uh and it is so awesome but i know that like i was you know like 15 or something when you i have read to this reread so it. I've, I've been trying to reread it, it's books probably awful no i think it's important to reread books that you like because if you really like them they'll get better when you read them like 14 love that book i mean just knowing what i know now about orson scott card makes me think that uh it probably has a lot of veiled issues in there that oh I God. do not agree with. <laughs> I love but, David Sedaris. He's yeah. like a national treasure. Like you cannot read a book by him to yourself without laughing. Oh, like yeah, I have no. to, like, tears running down my face. I still I still go back to Me Talk Pretty one day. Oh, it's so good. Um, you know, I, I just I'll read anything. So, I mean, that's awesome. And uh, I mean, it's uh, we're in for everybody. You know, we're going to put uh, a note in the show notes. That's going to link to a collection of Victoria's books um, on Product Hunt. So you can upvote or downvote them or comment. And um, we'll be able to see what everybody else thinks is the most popular of all of these uh, that, that Victoria's selected. Um, and it's going to be great. Um, meanwhile, we are here for a reason. Okay. Uh, we are the writers who don't write. We talk about the one story that writers cannot tell. And Victoria has written a book's worth of information uh, or more you know, in her like emails and her Reddit AMAs and her, you know, just life and existence. But always for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this way I don't, I, it's hard for me to write about myself. I don't think that I'm interesting. I think other people are interesting. Oh, that's I why, would I, have that's to why you're here. You have like some of the best stories I've Respectfully, ever. Respectfully, of course. And, and so, you know, Victoria's actually prepared a bunch of stories that she wants to tell us about like her days in high school. And I, uh, and Kyle and I may drop a couple in too. But um, let me ease some of the pressure. I, I would say Victoria doesn't have to tell us a story, but we may talk about the story with you. Okay. How, does that sound a little bit better? Well, that sounds better. I mean, yeah. it's just weird, you know. Like I think that the original kind of idea was to share something that's kind of ridiculous or embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time that I won an award and that was removed. Um, it was really embarrassing. Well, I was so excited. What, what do you mean it was removed? Um, I was told by my teacher that I'd won an, uh, like a national level prize and i was like so excited what what did you win for uh it was some kind of art competition um and i was told that i'd won an award i was really involved in art when i was younger and i wanted to be an illustrator um and that didn't work out but i think that you know it's all good um and uh i still love art i don't get to draw or do stuff that's artistic that much anymore and i would love to do that again but anyway so i used to be very artistic and uh i was told by my teacher that i'd won an award and i was so excited and, uh, and then I got to um, the ceremony that was supposed to be presenting the award, and I was informed by the lady there that I had not won the, uh, the level of award that I had oh, thought. And that I had nowhere, to, had nowhere to sit. I had to go, in, that it was not going to get an, so you, presented you, like, to me. So you went to a destination and dressed up. I went to a destination with my family. Oh, no. Like all ex- oh, yeah, it was, it was a thing. Um, Were your friends there? No. Did uh, you scream at your teacher? No, my my teacher actually went in defense of me and was amazing and and you know really stood up on my behalf and it was it was very very like sweet and and kind of her but it was a very humbling experience and so basically the moral of the story is make sure your paper paperwork's in order. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought of another embarrassing story. Yeah. The time yeah. I was at my cousin's wedding and I 
almost gave myself a concussion on a power box. I was basically... Wait, what is a power box? Like, you know one of those things that's like holds the um, thermostat? Yes. But, it was, but it's bigger than a thermostat? It's like a... Yeah, but it's bigger than that. It had hard edges. Okay. And like hard plastic lucite box. And I was maybe 10 or 11 years old and my cousin was getting married and I had whatever, for some reason, bent over to tie my shoe and I stood up really quickly and I hit my head with all my might on this box and it was like... It was bad. Um, oh, I have a history of being really klutzy, so <laughs> I try to avoid hurting myself now. I'm very, very klutzy. I'm literally, I ran, I've run to glass doors. Like nowadays when you're texting and walking, don't do that. Yeah. Here's another embarrassing <laughs> story. <laughs> I, was, I was walking out of the lobby of ID one day and uh, I was texting and I was looking over my shoulder and talking to someone and I walked into a coffee table and it had a marble top and I walked into it so hard that I cut my leg through my pants. Oh, man. And so I'm like bleeding through my, like on my shin. And like, it was so humiliating. The humiliation hurt more than the than the cut. Yeah. Like, it was so I've, embarrassing. I've been there. I was just I've like, been there. oh my God, it was, I was inconsolable. When I was uh, in, I think it was eighth grade, uh, I was kind of at the peak of my skateboarding days and, and I was trying to drop into a half pipe at the skate park with a couple of friends. And, and you looked really cool. Like oh, the cool yeah. kids do. Oh, yeah, it was the best. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not paying attention because I'm the man and I have no shirt on and I'm on a half pipe and I'm skateboarding. And This, uh, is, a new Im- this is a new image of Jeff for me. I'm imagining it, like an old 90s skate video that's like super extreme. Oh, it's so, so Lots awesome. Lots of shaky and, and a, a couple of my friends are there. And then there's this one guy who is like so clearly burnt out skater bro. His name is Dave. Uh, <laughs> and he's he's there. He's like cheering me on because he knows that I had just learned to drop in. And he has like this long hair and um, he's also not wearing a shirt. And I, I drop in and I'm not really paying attention. So half of my foot is still on the coping and half of it is on the skateboard. And I do a split right at the top and land right <laughs> on my face on this half pipe. Oh, my oh God. It, Why are you it, telling it, me this? Well, it's because, you know, sometimes we do embarrassing things oh, when we hurt thing. ourselves. So I, I actually knocked my tooth out. This is a fake tooth. Uh, I would have never ooh. known it was a fake tooth. And they did a really good job. But I'm bleeding everywhere. And this old guy is standing at the top of the half pipe like, oh, man. <laughs> And he he walks me. My mom is in the parking lot because I'm you know like 14 years old or something. And uh, he has his arm around me, and I'm bleeding everywhere, and I'm crying. And uh, he taps on my mom's window, and he just goes, "Hey, ma'am, your son just took a gnarly spill." That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm imagining like kind of like Bill and Ted plus 90 skate video. It's plus so good. It's oh my so god! Good. And if you'd met his mother, it would make it even better. Her name is Debbie. She's a wonderful woman, but I cannot imagine her. Yeah, she did not take it that yes. well. <laughs> God, I can't imagine blood everywhere. I mean, uh, th- that this random me, older gentleman. It made me think of another embarrassing story. Um, so this was actually, and this one's actually AMA related. Okay. Um, so I was walking home from work, and I'd picked up cat litter, and as you know, cat litter is really heavy. Uh huh. And so I'm crossing the street to go home so I can do an AMA with Norm McDonald. And uh, I overbalanced. I like walked too far, and I tipped over. It was the most terrifying thing because, like, you realize, like, I gravity, gravity, no. And then (laughs) I hit the sidewalk, and I fell so hard. I like ripped my pants. I like 
skin my elbow. You don't have any pants left at this point. Well, no, this is, this was a different time yeah. than, than the previous injury. And a bunch of New Yorkers on the street rushed over to help me, which was really amazing. And so they're That's all surprising. like... That's surprising. Yeah, right? It was, it was like the opposite of everything you've ever heard. They but, were like, are you, when are you okay, miss? When you fall in, in front of a bunch of people, you don't want people to come help you. you no, want I was just more... I was it, The shock of falling had made me like... I was like, oh, it took my breath away. I was only like a couple blocks away from my house, so I hobbled home very slowly crying and i got home and i cleaned off my um cleaned off my skinned elbow and i just i felt so dumb and it really hurt and uh and you know i dried my face and and then i you know got on the phone with norm mcdonald and he made me laugh so hard that i didn't feel the pain anymore i love that he was really really sweet and incredibly brilliant and uh the power of ama the power of norm mcdonald uh, <laughs> did he, you relate to him the story of the cat i did i told him that i was like you know i really hurt myself earlier today and you're making me so happy that i'm not feeling that pain anymore and he was like oh good and he, that's why if you go back and you read it he'll be like well victoria like it was really funny he he had a lot of fun ribbing me a lot of people did actually they would be like making jokes at my expense or you know just having fun with it and didn't snoop dog reference you at one point i don't i don't know because i never actually did one with him so no okay no, no, so no, no, i'm but i'm, I'm totally no, it's all good. You, you could cross the wires i do remember when snoop stopped on a madonna's ama and was like hey yeah. madonna when are we going canoeing <laughs> she was like when you send me a canoe so uh you know there are just so many great moments and they're all kind of nestled in my head and like sometimes they'll just pop to the forefront and i'll be like oh my god that's so crazy and you know, it's fun. We we uh, you helped me set up an AMA once with a book that had it was about the Rock Bottom Remainders, um, which is this you know group of authors that toured the country and and played in a band and they're all like the one requirement was that you had to be a New York Times bestselling author. So it, it was like Mitch Album and Stephen King and Amy Tan and Dave Barry and Roy Blunt Jr. and um, are they good? No, they're terrible. Okay. And that was that was the joke is that like. They would go to these library conventions and they'd play this really <laughs> awful music. And, <laughs> um, and so uh, they wrote a collection of essays to benefit the wife of one of them who passed away. Um, and we set up an AMA and we got as many of them as we could onto Reddit at the same time. I think we had like eight, eight or nine of them. And the only holdout we had was Stephen King. Um, and I found out later on that Stephen King was actually like lurking in the background, reading everybody's answers, but refused to join himself. Oh. And it was so funny because like it, it started as an AMA, but it turned into just all of these authors making fun of each other on that. Oh my the, god, the people people love to do that. It's so much fun. It's like and also you were pushing the limits. Like that's like a crowded car. Man. It was not it was Eight not fun people. to set up. Uh, yeah, no, I can only imagine. Uh, also with with that one it was I, I remember like we'd gotten everybody set up and um I'm going crazy. I'm pulling my hair out because I'm standing there, you know, trying to organize eight different people at once. And I get a phone call, and I'm like, what? What do you want? He's like, hey, Jeff, this is Mitch Album. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> can't yell at Mitch. <laughs> uh, and that was the first, like, interaction I'd ever had with him. Like, really? This was not, like, predetermined or preordained or anything. Um, but anyway, I want to hear more stories about you. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other embarrassing ones. Uh, we, could we could share more klutzy moments uh, I mean, I think, I think we're all we really pretty yeah. klutzy when you come down to it. Yeah. Isn't everyone, though? Here's what I want to know. Like, the cool people who we know are cool are just hiding it better, right? They have klutzy moments. Someone really cool. Some Miles people, Davis probably tripped over Catlin once. Suave, I think Justin Bieber is effortless, effortlessly suave. I, th I think God. that, you know, I think it's important to own your yourself. Like, the other day I was talking to my friends in L.A., and I was like, if you were a type of food, what would you be? So I'm going to ask you guys. If you were a dish... Oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit the mic. <laughs> if you were a dish, what would you be? Lasagna. 
dude, you stole mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if I could be anything, can I it be a, can it be a beverage? Uh, it has to be kind of a meal. Okay. So it has to be like a meal. Does uh, lasagna count? Lasagna. Yeah, no. A meal. Why? Why lasagna? Why lasagna? Yeah. Why because is lasagna? Because I'm many layered, slightly Italian, and also delicious. That's I would, beautiful. I would be Brazilian barbecue. Okay. Why Brazilian barbecue? Because it tastes so good. And also because you have to, you get so much of it until you flip the paper over. Yeah. There you go. We we have a spot in my neighborhood that is uh, a complete hole in the wall. It's actually like a grandmother that cooks it all. And I go there, you know, three, four times a week. It oh is my, gosh. my favorite Without meal. Me, I've never been to this. Oh, you want to go? Brazilian barbecue place. I'll, I'll, I'll go tonight. I, I love Brazilian barbecue. I don't know. I, would, the name. I haven't eaten dinner yet. I'm um, gonna take. You can't empty gesture me. I am we're, we're going. We're going. We're going. No, and, and and so for me, it was like mine is is a fruit and cheese plate, and they were like, why? And I was like, because it's a random jumble of crap on a plate, and you're basically <laughs> like, this is what I have in my fridge. Please enjoy. It. Who decided honey should go on the plate? Like really? Well, have you ever dipped the cheese in honey though? Yeah, but I'm, like there's it's essentially this. a random jumble of crap. There's like craisins, there's dried figs, there's little cheese bits, there's o- olive tapenade. There's olive tapenade, there's <laughs> almonds, like there's all kinds of weird stuff and it really is is just a random jumble of, of, of stuff. I realized this one day when I me and my husband had gone out for dinner and he ordered the most stereotypically him thing ever, which was a bowl of mac and cheese with a symbolic side salad he had no intention of eating. And then I <laughs> he, ordered, he just needed the waiter to know that he was getting his grains. Right, exactly. He's concerned. He was, he's yeah, concerned exactly. He was, he's healthy. Yeah. He's healthy. He focuses on mac and cheese, ignores side salad. Yeah. And then I got this cheese plate and I was like, you know, this is a really me thing because if I'm not around other people, I'll eat weird non-meals. <laughs> like I will eat like peanut butter with a spoon and then follow it with an English muffin with nothing on it. It's like I eat weird, weird stuff. Neither so. of those things is weird, by the way. That is a completely normal I'm, I'm practice for any like, adult human. No, um, it's, it's so bizarre. No, when I first moved to New York, I wouldn't keep any food in my fridge. I would have like literally like a thing of hummus and a thing of yogurt. It you was, like to improvise. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. We were just riffing. Yeah. We're riffing yeah. on a meal. It, um, it's, if it's, I could have uh, any meal on the planet, jazz mm-hmm. by it, would, it would be Brazilian barbecue, which consists of it, it for massive my, skewers of meat. Yeah. And for my meal, it's it's the the you know a little steak, a little chicken. Uh, Rice beans and some some salad because I actually enjoy the greens. What about Peruvian does, food? Does that all still? Count I've never actually had it, but I'm going. I think I'm going to Peru this summer, so I'll be eating a lot of it. Peruvian food is amazing. Is it? Yes, That's they so make this thing hear. called like a uh, chofa aeropuerto, which is like fried rice with with Peruvian chicken. It mm. is the best thing ever. It's like once you start eating it, you can't stop. Do you is know anywhere good in New York? Airport? Yeah, there's a place called like um, I think. Poyodoro or something. Uh, I'll be there tomorrow. It's amazing. I'll send you the link. It's to die for. And in fact, you should probably put it on the website of okay. the show because it is that good. Done. What's your favorite restaurant in New York? Oh my goodness. It's so tough to say. Um, are we talking like snacks? I'll adjust. What restaurant do you eat at the most often in New York? Oh my goodness. Um, I'm trying to think. McDonald's. Um, <laughs> no, no, never McDonald's. I got food poisoning at McDonald's and I will never... F- like ever since I got food poisoning at McDonald's, I've not eaten there. It's so hard in New York to justify McDonald's. There's so much. I, I, I mean, I love. So I love that they're giving out books in the Happy Meals yeah. now. Let's just talk about how much we love that. And Chipotle has the uh, the author quotes on the on the cups. Well, sure, but you also get some mean bacteria with Chipotle. Well, at the Chipotle. Moment. I used to have when, back when I had an iPhone. The Siri couldn't say Chipotle right. She'd be like, "There are two Chipotles near you," <laughs> and I'd be like, "Hee hee." It was funny, but um. Favorite restaurant, the Chofa Puerto is amazing at the Wow, it's that Brooklyn. good. I love it's getting that endorsement. It's really it's like you can't stop eating it. Once you start eating wow. it, you just continue to eat it. Um I'm trying to think of where else. I love um Calexico, but it's not in business in Manhattan anymore. It's just in um 
It's just in Brooklyn, which is kind of a shame. Uh, I love I love Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> who who doesn't? No, it's embarrassing. I, I, I go to Buffalo Times Wild Square Wings. and go Buffalo well, Wild they have, Wings. They have the one next to the Barclays Center, too, in Brooklyn. I know, but it's kind of almost like an equal distance of like, yeah. and do I really want to go to Brooklyn to get Buffalo Wild Wings? No, you want to go to Brooklyn to get Mabel's, which is on North 11th. What's Mabel's? Uh, it's fantastic. My barbecue. favorite barbecue of I all think, time. I think I just found a new po- theme for your podcast. It's food. And I'll tell you <laughs> why. Because people love talking about food. When I did the aim with Sean Bean, he couldn't stop talking about food. He just was like, just would keep Ned, talking. Ned talking Stark about. likes to eat. Ned Stark loves to eat. He doesn't love to eat, though. I would talk about food all day if I could. Well, the problem is that when you talk about food, you get hungry. Like, But here's the thing is talking about it is less bad than watching a food show. I think we just got a new segment favorite food yeah authors love I, food if, if you were a food what would you be uh, if you were food what would you be because it tells so much about your personality like lasagna like we'll Brazilian have to barbecue. You every time we do this segment and mm. uh, to be fair i've also had a lot of experience with asking people questions so that's kind of, true kind you're, of you're the queen of it that's it's kind of what i do so i think in terms of like ooh, that would be an interesting question to ask people um i'm trying to think of other stories about myself gosh well um, i mean i know that you um it, 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 you, you've told me that you have had like horror story haircuts before. I have. Which is so well, funny. Well, it was self-inflicted. It was like, well, first of all, my <laughs> sister cut my hair once when uh, when she was expecting. And so you're not going to say no to a pregnant woman coming at you with scissors. Like, she's just <laughs> like, I'm going to give you a haircut. And I'm like, okay. And uh, I'm you not going to. You are such a good sister. Well, thank you. And thank I'm you. sure she understands that now that she is probably no longer pregnant. Well, it was, it was, it was, it was not a good look. Um, it was basically kind of like a sort of like a pseudo it was kind of like a bob but not quite um usable no it was just like a free form bob and then i had bad glasses and um you know then before then i uh would would try to do really experimental things with my hair like one time i dyed the top red and the no the top was white blonde and the bottom was red and so it looked like ketchup and mustard together it's pretty pretty that's artsy that's so awesome yes yeah. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. I, and, and I can relate because I currently have a horrible haircut. Really? And, oh, it's so bad. I have a Why mohawk. I have a mohawk right now. I didn't notice. Yeah. I didn't notice until you just brought it up. Yeah, no, I love it. I think it's the greatest thing ever, but I cannot tell you how many people tell me, like, Jeff, you got to get rid of that mohawk. Why? I don't know. It's, I, sort of, it's, it's like an in between of like a faux hawk. It's, it's a it's faux like hawk. It's like a top faux hawk yeah it's well it's weird because when i get my haircut i'm trying to grow it out initially it was because i wanted to do like the man bun thing but Mm -hmm. um now i realize how awful of an idea it is so when i get my haircut i I literally tell them hey can you give me a fade on the side and then just don't touch the top so it's been like eight months since anybody is gonna try and see how long you can yeah no i'm just i'm going with it i'm waiting until you get to the einstein look i hope so yeah i hope so i'm already kind of there gray well i'm getting a little gray on the side but Yeah, yeah it's only a couple though um, my hair's just falling out. There's nothing I can do about <laughs> it. Oh, don't worry. It the, makes you look I've distinguished. D- I've accepted the fact that I'm doomed to a bad haircut for the rest of my life. No, don't it was say never that. Good, it's distinguished. It's you lo- you both look very distinguished. Uh, well, I, I'll take it. I'll take distinguished from the queen I of Reddit. I'll take distinguished as opposed to the opposite. Well, which is definitely balding. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm the queen of anything, but um, you know, I just would always kind of view myself more as a public servant than anything else because I think that was always very important is to like. If anybody asks me for, uh, you know, if I can help someone, I'm not going to say no. If, yeah. if I can help someone, I'm going to help them. And, uh, and That's so such an awesome outlook in life. I, I always loved it when people did that because it takes so little to go out of your way and say, like, hey, you, you look good today. And put a smile on someone's face. Yeah. Or, so. you know, I mean, like, literally it's to the point where, like, 
I can't have change because I'll give it away. Like, I always give money to people who ask. Like, I just, you know, I b- believe in... Hey, can I have some money? I, I need about $5 <laughs> right now. Well, I have to see what I have. I think I have, like, three bucks. So I'll I give. think that's a good golden rule, though. Yeah. Is to just always be kind and help when you can. Yeah, because, like, you know, it's like when you watch Christmas movies, you'll notice, like, holiday movies are always, like, all about the spirit of the holidays. And it's like, why not make that year-round? Why not yeah. all the time? Do yeah. you like Disney movies? Um, uh, my first Disney movies were The Rescuers Down Under and The Jungle yes. Book. So those were my movies. I was really not into princess movies. And, uh, and so I really wanted to be like the kid in The Rescuers Down Under and save the Golden Eagle and go to Australia and have a cool accent. Yes. That was a big like, life a goal thousand times of mine. Less. How about uh, Pixar? Um, now Pixar. that we're on Christmas movies, that's, that's my wheelhouse well, is like... Is, is, is awesome kid stuff. Yes. Well, actually, yes. I worked in a video store, so um, I love I, movies. How many people can say that anymore? Uh, you know, I think I'm in good I company. I think a lot of filmmakers, a lot of people who work in the entertainment industry. My, um, my, all my best friends in high school worked in one, um, and it was awesome. Yeah, there you go, because they, they can each recommend relevant titles to you. Yeah. Also, the people are so weird that work in video stores. I was I was the gullible, naive one. So <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think I still remain that way. And I had bitter, jaded, sar- like sarcastic coworkers who were all like, "Someday you're gonna be like us." <laughs> <laughs> you lost bitter coworkers. Yeah, well, and then Netflix came around. Oh, bless them! You know, here's the thing: is do you I, remember? Do you remember when Blockbuster was trying to compete against them, and like they waited like ten years to do their own like video on demand? I. I love video rental stores. I think that there's always going to be a place for them. And I think that, um, you know, the same way that Amazon is now creating physical stores, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we we do need to have a physical manifestation of media in some way. Because I do think it eventizes the experience to be able to go to a premiere, to yeah. be able to pick out a movie, to have that tangible shared experience is really meaningful to people. Well, it's, it's funny. One of my bucket list items is to get an entire wall of bookshelves um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I already have my apartment is all books. Well, but then the downside is, I mean, I also, I read just as many eBooks as I do, you know, P books. Um, so I have, you know, a, a hundred eBooks on my Kindle and a hundred on my Apple, uh, iBooks. So, so what I want to do though, is in the middle of this library, I want to get like a giant TV on the wall and I want to just like cast my phone to that TV so that people can scroll through my book. That's really um, cool. I mean, wait, I figured out my favorite restaurant. What is it? It is Shake Shack. Okay, I so I love Shake Shack. So this is—I'm so happy you brought this up because uh, we were talking about McDonald's before. That was a joke. This is not. Um, I uh, my New Year's resolution um, is to not eat fast food in 2016, and I can't tell if Shake Shack is fast food or not because it's so slow. Here's the thing: I do think Shake Shack qualifies as fast food, but I do not think. But it's not in fast. a derogatory way. It is fast. Shake Shack is very fast. Not not the one I go to. Smoke well, Shack. The Smoke Shack is it's it's exempt from all laws and <laughs> rules. It is the best burger the world has ever known. It's so good. Oh my God. It Did you get so to have In and Out while you were in LA? I'm I'm not a big In and Out person. In and Out was good. I uh, I, I like umami burger. Person. I like umami burger. You might be the single person I've, I've, I've ever spoken it. to who's had In and Out and is not threatening to do something dire if we don't all have in and out also thoughts on chick-fil-a i not really it's so good i'm not really into chick-fil-a i'm really into shake shack like literally i will go on a shake shack run i had i I had my first shake shack shake right before the new year and that is worth going to shake shack for oh i'm with you shake shack burgers are fantastic they're quick 
And they're cheaper than you would expect they're them to be. They're not quick. No, they're delicious. Who cares if they're quick or not? They're so good. Well, the Smoke mean, Shack okay, tastes I mean, like a dream. Is, is fast food defined as the speed at which it comes after you order it? Do or you how healthy it is? Food? I, th- I think that it's about convenience and uh, speed. So I think that the alacrity with which the food is served <laughs> affects the <laughs> classification and nomenclature of said food. So... I would say that Shake Shack is exempt from all laws and <laughs> should be served <laughs> this, everywhere. This does not help me because I want Shake Shack for lunch tomorrow and I don't know if I can eat it. So here's, I feel like Shake Shack is fast food because it comes prepackaged. Like they're not chopping up the beef and seasoning. I, all right, we're going to, I will skip it tomorrow, but when this episode goes up, I'm going to run a poll on Twitter and I need everyone to weigh in and that will determine if I get it for lunch or not. Is Shake Shack fast food? Is Shake Shack fast food? Now we all just really want Shake Shack. (laughs) (laughs) And and Brazilian barbecue. Uh, Victoria, you mentioned a story to me about a time that you forgot to turn off your microphone. And it reminded me of a story that I have. So I want you to tell yours. I was in high school and I was in the orchestra and we were doing a musical. And uh, I was part of the pit orchestra. And so they kept us not in a pit because we were too big to fit in a pit. So they put us in a classroom somewhere in the same building as the theater, but not quite under the stage. And we had different mics above different sections of the band. And uh, and so I was in the string section. We had, you know, brass and all that other good stuff, percussion, piano, and so on and so forth. And, um, and so I did not realize this, but I had been um, uh, making some jokes about some of the songs that were in the <laughs> musical. And my mic was still on, and it was super awkward. Did so you turn it into it like a comedy? Was it Mystery Science Was it a tragedy? No, it wasn't wasn't Mystery Science Theater. It was more like, you know, just this one particular vocalist was just very breathy, and I was kind of like, what's going on with that? And it was just very silly and very high school-y and very embarrassing. And the trombone player, who was an adult... Um, was just like, oh, God, these teenagers. And I was like, it was much, very much the blunder years. How was the play? Um, I never saw it because I was in the pit orchestra. <laughs> did, did Was there like a, a full audience when, when you got caught doing you that? You know, I kind of wish that one of the streaming services would make one of their channels just be old, unearthed VHS cassettes of the tragic shows so good. that were put oh on God. by kids and teens. Do you remember those projects that you would do where you'd be like, you guys have to turn in a video project for Spanish. You rent out the camcorder from the library and you would... It was like for people to do special audiovisual projects. When I was in sixth grade, I acted out an entire scene where Frodo was fighting a ringwraith with a friend of mine. We were we were eleven years old. What were we doing? Reading the Lord of the Rings it and, and acting it out in front of a children. classroom. I think that all kids have that urge to perform. I still see it. <laughs> I still see it now with uh, with with kids that I know, where they're like, you give them an iPod and they want to record their voice. They want to do silly skits. They mm-hmm. want to perform for anybody who has a camera. I think that YouTube very much taps into that energy and that dynamic of young young kids and young teens and so on and so forth who want to see and be seen. Um, my question is, we should dig up stuff that was never meant to be seen by anyone outside of Miss Schwartz's Spanish class. That would be such Can a. Can you imagine? That would be such a great YouTube channel. Just VHS uncovered. Well, oh talk about embarrassing moments. That would be. Oh, it just mine. It'd just be the embarrassing class projects that you should have never turned in. Would be like, hola, hola, cómo estás? <laughs> It'd be like really, really amazing. Would be it. Yeah. We, right. We have. Uh, I probably have a hundred videos on my cell phone right now of um, my three little cousins who figured out how to use the slow motion uh, <laughs> camera on my phone, and I, I'll never delete them because those are the greatest videos They're I own. They're adorable. Yeah, yeah. 
They're adorable. I'll show them to the. I'll show them to these girls when they graduate high school. Exactly. And they'll just be like, oh, I can't believe you did that. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's when just a college, tough thing. Send them to their roommates. Is the yeah. old VHS tapes? I mean, God only knows what happened to them. And eventually, we're gonna find them, and it's gonna be like, what on earth was this? What were we thinking? Like, my brother digitized all of uh, our home videos, and every one of them is my dad walking around like. All right, boys, it's January 15th of 1998. And, you know, we're like 10, 12 years old flicking off the camera. Um, it's bad. We were uh, not good kids. I will make sure that at some point for this podcast, we get a hold of at least one of those videos and post it. Oh, my God. Oh, I, y- I, just, I just think that. that someone should should find the best of the worst. I mean, there were definitely some moments. Like, I made a video with a classmate of mine where we baked... Um, Mexican wedding cake cookies, and we like made like a <laughs> cooking is, show. What is a Mexican wedding cake cookie? It's a it's a delightful confection made out of a lot of powdered sugar, <laughs> and uh, they melt in your mouth. They're just incredibly delicious. But I made it with a classmate of mine, and I remember we were making like a you know a cooking video, and it was really really absurd. And I think everybody has something like that. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Absolutely. Me, I and my, me and my siblings used to make music videos with uh, air instruments. Can you imagine how bad? Oh, I've seen them. They're awful. Yeah. They're really the best, though. On that note, I think we have to wrap this up. Um, I think Victoria wants to go to sleep, and, and I mean, we've kept her here long enough. And thank you for coming. Thank this you was guys so for much fun. Me. Thank um, you to anybody who might be listening. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we plan on, you know, uh, adopting quite a few of these tactics for the next shows as always this episode is produced by kelly harrison the music you hear at the top of the bottom is ryan dan also known as holland patent public library check out his website at hollandpatentpubliclibrary.com there is all kinds of music and his new cd which is phenomenal so don't forget to check us out online at www.podcast.com subscribe to our newsletter Follow us on the tweet box so that you can answer the question of, is Shake Shack fast food? It is very important that you answer this question. And if you want to know who our guest is next week, follow us on Twitter at Podcast. I geek out about like Bill Nye the Science Guy. And <laughs> I really wish they'd bring that show back the way it was originally, you know? Yeah.